From multiple painted and designed locations in Minneapolis or near enough, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Steven McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, I talk with Sebastian Degay, creator of Substance and now Vice President of 3D and Immersive at Adobe, and Jeremy Nuguer, Principal Product Manager, about developing the leading tools for 3D texturing and material creation. And so, everyone's ready. Let's start. So I did this interview with these fine folks a, about a week or two ago, um, but I, I wanted to bring uh, my nice co-hosts in to, to sort of preview it uh, before we get Hello. into it. Um, do either of you uh, work in any uh, 3D tools? In high school, I messed with like a 3D modeling tool, um, but not, not like an artistic art modeling tool. It was an engineering modeling tool called... Yeah. Uh, what did I use? I used Inventor in high school, and then in college, I used another program. I can't remember the name of right now. But um, I like, I enjoy them quite a lot. So I'm really interested to see because, like, I've tried every once in a while to branch back into yeah. 3D modeling. Well, that's the difference here is that um, Substance Painter and Designer are tools for for texturing and materials. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so I've mm-hmm. dabbled a little bit. But what's interesting about these tools? They're sort of industry standard, right? They're the the top tools for texturing in AAA. And in yeah. high-end indie, um, and now increasingly in film and in other industries. Ellen, uh, do you have any experience with this kind of stuff? Not with texturing, yeah. and uh, gosh, yeah, thinking back, thinking way back to high school, uh-huh. uh, I did do some work in AutoCAD, and I've used SketchUp in the last couple of years, but that's not yeah. textured, yeah. you know. So uh, I did try to learn Maya once, and it was one of the few things where I actually got scared of what I was learning because I <laughs> didn't feel like I, I knew enough at all to even begin grasping it. It was really cool to talk about what they thought the tool would be when they made it, <laughs> what it became being bought out by Adobe. Um, and I think oh. um, should be interesting for our listeners who um, either are familiar with these tools and are wondering about its future. Because I, I ask a lot of questions about like things people are nervous about, pricing and about the future. And I, I, I get to yeah. all of that. But also people who have never used these tools before or just heard of them and don't know what they're about um, mm-hmm. to actually get a sense of what they are and why they might be good for your workflow. Like sometimes what you try to learn in a previous state of yourself um, and find difficulty doing, if you're able to find like a different inroad to that, um, then you can sometimes find more success. I hope this mm. is like an inroad for me. Why don't we start by uh, for each of you introduce yourselves um, and uh, what you do on the team. Jeremy, you want to start? Sure, I'll start. Uh, so I'm uh, Jeremy Noguer, I'm um, Principal Product Manager at Adobe uh, for uh, 3DI um, products. And before that, I was working at Algorithmic with Sebastian for about 13 years, so working on the Substance, substance tools. And I am Sebastian, Sebastian the guy. Uh, Founder of uh, Algorithmic, who got acquired by Adobe last year, uh, makers of Substance, and now I'm leading and the vice president of uh, 3DI. What uh, Jeremy was saying with 3DI was, it is uh, 3D and immersive. It's a new uh, division of, inside of Adobe uh, for everything 3D, and uh, it's uh, made of uh, the Substance tools, but only uh, also Dimension, also Mixamo, and, and more and uh content as well so i'm very very happy to be here yeah Yeah. it's it's exciting to hear about um the whole like the whole department you lead at adobe now because of all the different tools coming together and the cross-pollination 
and all that stuff. And we'll I'll ask you some specifics about that. But why don't we start with uh, the news, the announcements that you guys made in a keynote last week um, about the latest updates uh, to your suite? Yeah, so we have we have a bunch of, of updates that uh, have come out uh, since since the keynote or are still yet to come out. Um, and uh, so I think the most exciting to me is is um, a substance painter just because it's it's a product that I've been um, kind of working on since the very beginning of its inception and and um, kind of work on the design and the roadmap over over time and and uh, so we have a release coming up on Wednesday actually so uh, two days from now um, and and this new, this new release. Um, we were trying to focus on uh, improving the workflow. So uh, people are working with Substance Painter and they're mostly happy, but there's always these little things here and there that kind of um, uh, make your workflow a little slower. They're just like a annoyance every day. So we're trying to to fix to fix those. So one of the one of the main uh, pain one pain point was the export process, and so we spent a lot of time, spent months designing a um, new. Um, Know, export workflow from Substance Painter so that uh, it's 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 easier to use, uh, it's more customizable. Uh, you have more control over the output, um, and as well, we we added some some cool fun feature along the way, like being able to export your objects uh, with displacement distillation, for example, which is really cool when you're building an asset, you add all these details uh, in the height map to have displacement and add additional shapes on your object. You can now export that. As, a, as one final mesh that you can then render out or, or 3D print, for example, uh, after the fact. Um, and, and that, that really went hand in hand with our, uh, automatic UE feature, um, that we introduced late last year, where you can bring in any mesh and we'll just do all the UV layout and UV unwrap for you. Um, so that works, that works pretty great. We had a lot of people, uh, happy about the feature, but they wanted to be able to export that mesh in a way that it's usable yeah. by a game engine or anything else afterwards. So we improved that that part of the process as well. Yeah, seeing the um, the in the keynote, they talked a little bit about the the, the enter into uh, using this tool for three D printing, and that really is seems to be a, a bit of a pattern that um, that your tools are now serving more and more constituencies, more audiences. Um, can you talk a little bit about definitely um, it, it sort of Keeping all those plates spinning, and maybe wh what uh, what what is what is the um, what's your what's your focus? Do you say, oh, this is a cool thing that came out of our our labs, um, and here's who it would be cool for. Let's go for it. Or is it more of a of a, a customer based? This is what people are asking for, and we don't serve. Let's look into it. It's it's a good question because it's a it's actually a constant debate and uh, also a, a, a craft and art. And everything in between and, uh, luck, luck as well. So, uh, sometimes we just have, have like a, some of our geniuses at home who come up with something that we realize, Oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. That game change this and that we should absolutely release it. Uh, even though no one has been asking for it. It's the, these, these type of things. We, we, we have two classifications, uh, like white magic and black magic mm -hmm. features. And the black magic features are the ones that nobody was expecting and are, are bringing something that is really like new and, and innovative in the, the pure sense of the word. Whereas white magic is uh, something that's been asked by the community and it's a market pool more than a techno push. Um, but it, it has to stay uh, magic, magical, right? It's, uh, it's still white magic because we want to make sure that not only do we 
uh, answer uh, what, what was required and asked for, but in a way that is still magical and still very very well thought of. So yeah, but it's 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 a it's an art form really. Like uh, there is no, I mean, if there was a rule to make good products, uh, everybody would follow it, right? And right. so we've been like I guess lucky. We've been lucky, talented. We've been working our asses off. But the 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 truth is, it's a mix. It's a mix of things, and sometimes it's just like uh, because because we have the time, because we have the opportunity, because mm-hmm. we found something, because we haven't found something, because we've been working with the right uh, users. And uh, with to your point, Martin Lee, in new in these new areas, new uh, industries, sometimes they think completely differently from the game developers, and so they come to us and say, "Well, I'd like to do this," or uh, more, no, they, uh, they come to us and say, "Well, I'd like to have that." And usually, when you dig a little bit and ask. But why, really? Why? What do we want to do? Uh, and then they explain what they want to do, and you realize, oh, okay, maybe it's something that we already have, or indeed, it's a way of presenting it, or it's a way of using it. It's a workflow thing, more than a feature per se. Right. So it's always good to dig into the question more. But yeah. Um, my next question was going to be about like as you introduce these new uh, elements or f- decide to focus on refining the existing elements, the, the, as you described the two different kinds of magic, I was going to ask, like, do you drill in on one thing at a time or do you spread out on whatever's interesting? But it sounds like that mix changes over time, depending on which of the yeah, features you're working absolutely. on. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it does change. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. It changes all the time. And that's driving everybody crazy <laughs> because <laughs> they, it's, it's complicated to, to make plans really, because not only do we change our minds completely, like from one day to the to the other, but I I say that was a very important thing actually to be able to change our minds. So not maybe not like every day, but every sprint almost yeah. right every two weeks or every four weeks we we come up with new ideas and we think that okay now that we have this done maybe we we pause it maybe we change our mind we we change it and we we do something completely different. We try we try to avoid that as much as we can because it can be. Just, uh, disrupting, uh, to the teams. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that happens. And the truth is we have no written plan for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> at best, at best, at best we have something for one year, but really at best, right? At best. The, yeah. the <laughs> truth, the truth is like, it's more like, okay, we know what we want to have in three months, maybe in six months. Uh, but in a year from now, we wish we had this, right? Mm-hmm. And is that a result of a, a guiding philosophy or is it a result of this is this is how we work and how we work best? And even if it makes us nervous, that's the way we do no, it. I think that that's just that's just how we we've found out that we work best mm-hmm. over time. Uh, we yeah. just uh, by just basically by just winging it. Most of the time, uh, it turns out that it's been, it's been working out great until now. Uh, just by, but again, it's, it's kind of a alchemy of, of, um, uh, talking to the users all the time, uh, having amazing, amazing uh, developers and engineers, uh, building the tools, having artists internally that actually use the tool, having the product manager, product people actually user, users of the tool, um, all that kind of ecosystem internally. Uh, allows us to kind of switch priorities really fast and adapt to whatever happens or whatever we think is best for the tool next. And, um, and until now, we've been able to you know, deliver those, those updates, um, um, kind of, uh, every like, you know, three, four months, uh, in a way that for now people are still happy with us. <laughs> so. 
So, um, it, I mean, it sounds like it's the result of a lot of experimentation. Uh, you know, the, that feedback process. I'm thinking of like the workflow that we as indie developers have, which is like constant playtesting and throwing out ideas we're pretty sure are bad. But um, that has to be a much more managed process for a, for a product like yours. Or does it? No, <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's a product. And I, eventually what you want to, to make sure of is that it, it works, right? And it, yeah. it's useful to the user. It's always playable. It's the same thing. Like if it's a game, if it's not fun, it, you, 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 you've lost the soul of the thing, right? So mm -hmm. if, if it's not interesting, if it's not bringing something, the same goes for, for a tool, really. If, if at some point you bore too much, if at some point you, you annoy too much because it's, it's so clunky, I mean, you lose, you lose the people, you lose the users. It makes sense, right? So it, it has to, to be adapted and, and to be fit to the real world. And we do that all the time. Like uh, Jamie can talk about it like a long time ago when we, when we, uh, developed uh, Substance Designer. Uh, he actually, Jeremy here spent like days at uh, Naughty Dog, for instance, like trying to understand what they wanted to come up with, what they needed really. And we had an idea where we wanted to go the tool to go. Um, but they helped us like, uh, like micro, do these micro changes every day of direction so that in the end, it's a, it's a way, uh, more efficient way of, uh, of, uh, making progress because you don't have to like do, do these big shifts like every month or so. Like mm -hmm. every day, if you talk to users and you realize, okay, I have to change this and that, uh, you can do it on, on a regular basis and not have to. Uh, or do it at a very effective, cost-effective way, in a very cost-effective way. Make sure you adapt your your tool to to the user. So I think it, it may, even for for me as a as the as the manager of that thing, like like when I think about it, I think we've been super efficient because of that, because we 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 care and because we ask the questions and we listen to the users. Mm -hmm. And it it it's a win actually a situation even for for the builders. It's not like uh, you don't lose anything in doing that. Mm -hmm. I think that. Yeah, I think, I think there was a lot of experimentation at the, at the beginning with Substance Designer. And that's why that, yeah. that tool took a long time to, uh, to get adopted because we were learning, uh, at the same time how to build a successful tool. Um, and, and, and spending like pretty much, I think probably half my time for maybe two or three years at studios, like working with the people that would ultimately use the tool, uh, helped us kind of understand how to build uh, successful tool like this. And we, we apply that to Substance Painter and to Substance Alchemist. So now we're now, uh, we're now a little more, um, um, it kind of works a little better without experimenting as much, but it's still, it's still a very much kind of organic process. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's, um, that sort of unknowability of where it's going to be in, you know, in, in years or months from now that comes from two places that comes from the philosophy you have making it, but also from the, your user guided approach. So, can you talk a little bit about, say, maybe a couple of years ago, say, before, you know, before the Adobe uh, acquisition, where you might have guessed you'd have moved compared to where you actually did move? The, like when you go to the product? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's like um, you don't seem to be wedded to any particular uh, goal. You, you sort of take where it, where it makes sense to go. But surely oh, over, over yeah. the years, you've, 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 ha you've guessed where it might be in five years. Uh, do you have any example of, of sort of the biggest surprises and the changes of directions that you've you've taken? Oh, we've taken so many. <laughs> um, yeah, for instance, like uh, at first, like the very very early innings of the the products, we thought like it was going to be interested to 
interesting to um, visual effects houses, and it's not what happened in the first place. The first users to pick it up were game developers, and actually, it was not for the reason we thought it would it would be. <laughs> Same thing. We've been we've been wrong all the way, I guess. <laughs> but but anyway, the like like one of the reasons why we thought people would be interested in using our tools were like the size of the the files because mm-hmm. they're procedural files for textures. So we thought like okay. This is, this is where they will see the most value because you can not only can you distribute them more easily and more, more, uh, uh, you know, faster way, but also you can have dynamic textures. And we thought, okay, this is super advanced technologies. This is why we're winning. But in fact, the people were, what they were using is they were using this procedural way of designing bitmap tool, bitmaps in the end, right? So they would bake out the result of a procedural graph. And it would never use the, the, the procedural aspect of it really. Most of it, like most of the users in the end never use them. But like during the authoring phase, it was super useful. So we thought it'd be all the way, but yeah, they stopped at some point and say, Oh, I'm good. I'm good now. And mm-hmm. uh, it helped me. And so, so we can go there. Um, many, many changes we make. So the substance painter, for instance, used to be thought as a feature in substance, uh, designer. At first, so we wanted to have this 3D painting capability inside of Substance Designer, but very quickly we realized, well, let's do prototype on the side so that we don't like uh, take too much time uh, from from the team to work on that. So it was a separate architecture, uh, and then we quickly realized, okay, oh, in fact, these are not the same users. So same thing, we realized after the fact that what we did was actually what we needed to do because we um, we didn't want to. Target the same kind of users, and today I'm super. We are super happy to have done that separation because, like, uh, the audience of uh, Simpsons Painter is way larger than the audience of Substance Designer, mm-hmm. and it's a very different audience, and they talk to each other. And so we created we created this ecosystem. So I wrote after the fact. I wrote actually a, a white paper uh, explaining the, the the reasoning behind and the, the the why it worked that way and why it's so important to to follow this a few. Um, a few rules that we discovered along the way, but we did discover these rules along the way and, and understood them after we applied them, really. Right, right. <laughs> so this is an example. And, and when it comes to markets, uh, actually we thought archi- architecture would be one of the first to pick up the tools. And actually it's one of the last. It, it's complicated because, it's, but then it, it, it's a question of like a very fragmented, uh, market and there are, there are not that many, uh, very well organized big studios in architecture compared to, uh, industrial design or games or visual effects. So like we, we keep understanding, um, what's going on by, by like just going and trying and failing and but failing fast and cheap. And yeah, I, I know we, we keep hearing that, right? Fail fast and cheap, but it's so true. In fact, like if you can do that, you can survive, you can then adapt and then be successful. And I, I think we've been involved. And this is something I, I want to make sure we, we keep here at Adobe still. And I see that in many areas, actually, I've been surprised how, uh, like a common thinking it is really at, at, at Adobe, but like the idea of like you know, failing fast and, and cheap mm-hmm. and understanding needs, like doing try, uh, tests, um, and, uh, like, like changing very quickly the, um, the, the result, the feature, the, the tool, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to, I want us to keep, to keep that, to keep mm-hmm. that as much as possible. Yeah. And it, you listed a couple of examples of those industries that maybe you thought would pick it up, but over time they they came around, right? It's it's being yeah. used in those yeah. fields now. And is that um is that something that 
when that happened, uh, it, was it like, oh, that's fun? Or was it like, oh, finally? Like, how, how did that feel? Well, it, it was more, I mean, <laughs> if, I, if I want to be nice with us, I would say <laughs> finally. Yeah. Because we've been thinking, we've been thinking from the past that it would be, it would be interesting for all, to all these areas, really. But like, the truth is also that we could not anticipate some market changes and some big movements that, and especially the timing, the timing we could not anticipate. Like uh, two examples. One is, uh, PBR, really physically based rendering mm-hmm. techniques. When, when they got adopted, suddenly everybody, every studio in the world wanted to, to adopt it and, and they, they needed to redo all their textures, right? So when they, they realized they wanted to, they needed to redo all their textures and it was more, way more complicated to do them now than it was with, uh, the, the good old way of like having shaders. Um, they could not use tools like Photoshop anymore. So they realized, uh, they, they looked around and said, okay, what tools do we have at our disposal? And we were like, in the end, yeah, we're ready because such a designer had, had been, had been here for years, really. And so we, we were ready, but we were ready. So it, it's a bit of finally it's happening, but we, we, it, it was not like we did not anticipate exactly what the, the, the PBR would be, what it would be really that would happen that would make these people like change their mind and, and think, okay, well, now I need to, to redo all my pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's again, it's a, uh, we we keep answering your questions by it's a mix yeah yeah and uh, all all of the above sorry about that we we, <laughs> we should be more assertive i guess but but the the, the truth is yes it's uh mm-hmm. we've been thinking about like all these industries yes they need 3d visualization obviously yes they all need real time visualization interactivity so we we anticipate all that when it will be here we don't know really so we we try to to be as ready as possible and mm-hmm. because of the 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 big technology technological advance that we have and I, I i'm proud uh we work with as jeremy said like with the best researchers with the best uh, engineers i mean like they're awesome and we've been working all on that for, for years i've been working on that field for 20 years um it's uh, we're we're more than ready right <laughs> and when and back to my point earlier when some of these uh industries come and say well i need to do this uh, and you realize, oh, it's it's for that. Actually, we've been ready for ten years. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's here. You can take it and return, we can turn it into something that you can use very easily. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I, my background is in uh, video editing and, and motion graphics, and so uh, when the whole uh, indie film industry moved to, to uh, Premiere Pro, I, I remember yeah. I, I remember thinking like it's been there waiting for you this whole time, and so it sounds a little bit <laughs> yeah. like what you're describing. It's like you you'd been. Uh, you didn't, ch- you didn't chase these fields. You just, you just built good tools that were waiting for them, uh, when the timing was right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, exactly, exactly. And you're, you're describing a, a kind of a, that's this philosophy of flexibility, which, um, extends not just to the, you know, your audiences and the purposes of your tools, but the, the workflows. One of the, one of the things that I really enjoyed seeing in the, the keynote that, that, uh, piked my interest was, um, using, uh, uh, AI in your tools. Um, can you talk a little bit yeah. about, um, what, what that brings, uh, for not just the results, but also just the workflow for users? Yeah, we're exploring all more, more and more, um, uh, AI. And, and now that we're part of Adobe, it's, it's, uh, it's even more fun just because Adobe is this, this gigantic research department with, uh, very, very talented, uh, people that have been working on, on AI for, for years. Uh, AI that's been applied to Photoshop and to various features in, in Adobe tools that you may not know are, are, 
using AI, but actually are. Uh, uh, and so, and so we're, we're, um, very lucky to have this, this team of, of, um, researchers working with us. And, and where AI really can help us is every time, every time we, we talk about AI in, in our tool, uh, it's like you always have people like saying, Oh, well, we're going to replace the artist. Or, right. Right. Uh, our job is, our job is over. Uh, truthfully is the way we use AI and the way we want to use AI is just to, um, empower the artists more and, and really just to, um, where there is something that, um, require a task that does no added, um, artistic value. Yeah. Uh, why would artists spend hours and hours doing that task? Well, a machine could do it for you because it's really just, it's really just a machine, uh, task, a task that could be just, um, uh, as well being done by a machine by, as, as, as by an artist. And so for this task, um, AI, AI can come into play and, and we've seen it, for example, with the, uh, delighter in Alchemist, uh, removing shadows and highlight from a photo. I mean, you can go in Photoshop and do it and it's going to take you four hours of little by little painting out the shadows. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. There's no added value. Yeah. Um, if a machine can do it for you, then great. Um, and there's a lot of cases like this, like, for example, the UVs, uh, right now our, our automatic UVs don't, don't use any AI, uh, but they could in the future. And typically UV is something where, um, a machine could very well do it better than you do and less time. And, um, you wouldn't lose any of your artistic input on the object because in the end, what matters is, is the materials and the textures and the model itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of spaces where AI can, we can really just, just help us getting, um, more productive and creating better art in the end. Yeah. Yeah. You've hinted at a, a big benefit of your, um, being part of Adobe now. And now that it's been a year, um, what, um, what's the new normal for, for this now that you, that you're part of this larger group and have access to all these different technologies that you can roll into your products? I think I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll let's say answer to the question. I just want to say one thing is that funny thing is that we, we came to Adobe first. Um, we kind of discovered that, that huge research, uh, part of Adobe that people mm-hmm. are not aware of. Um, and the funny thing is there were, there were a lot of engineers that have been doing 3D research for years at Adobe waiting for Adobe to actually build 3D tools so that the yeah, research can yeah. be used in an actual product. So we have all these researchers coming and, and, and like telling us, what can I do for you? Like have this, like look <laughs> at that. That would be amazing in your tool. Uh, so it's, it's a really fun place to be in. Nice to have all those people knocking yeah, at your awesome. door, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And from from day one, actually, that was the case from day one. I remember, like, uh, like a few days after acquisition was completed, I landed to uh, in San Francisco, and like just I, I checked my emails when I when I get the signal again, and I I have like, okay, you 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 want to be at the office like in two hours because I want to meet you, and I was like yeah, from uh, Gavin, the head of the research, and he wanted to dump his. Like all these ideas in, in, in my brain, I was like, like, what? what? It's too many. But, um, yeah, no, that was, that's, that's awesome. So yeah, that's the, that's the part that got us excited. Like there are, there are three things that got us excited about the, uh, joining Adobe, which one, uh, which were, um, like access to that, um, world class, like 200 people, like uh, researchers, uh, who have been working on, uh, 3D stuff, waiting and anticipation for, 3D products, more 3D products, and more, um, and such a division that uh, we were about to create uh, to 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 come up with all these new tools, uh, like to to integrate all these new ideas into these tools and see see them like uh, uh, take life really. And so you we, you will start seeing more and more of that. And so I'm 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 very excited about this. 
also you you what got excited was obviously the the link the link between all the other tools like Photoshop and After Effects and Premiere and uh, Illustrator with our own tools, right? And so how how can we combine these 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 tools to to have like complete workflows for creatives to to find their way of like even more creativity and more efficiency, right? So um, there is no 3D without 2D. There there is uh, I anticipate more and more 2D design being uh, powered by 3D or enhanced or augmented. Uh, we want to, Adobe wanted to embrace, uh, the future, uh, with interactivity, with a future of, uh, uh, storytelling. So it's, it has to be real time. It has to be interactive. Um, and, uh, so here we will be playing a, a big role. So, so it's the new normal. I mean, today the normal is like, uh, it's, it's a new, new normal right now <laughs> for everybody, I guess. But, uh, the new normal is really, okay, we've passed. This first year of integration, which has required a lot of work, and uh, and uh, but very quickly we've been able to actually connect with the, the tech teams and 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 get some tech from here and there. Like for instance, in uh, in Photoshop and in After Effects, it's called the um, uh, Patch Match, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a technology that actually we reuse in Alchemist. So in, in in Substance Alchemist now you have Patch Match, but we applied it onto materials instead of being applied. Either on one static image or uh, a video. Now we we apply it on, on full materials so several layers. So uh, that that's the kind of thing we're, we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started the co-developing uh, with other other tools like uh, uh, new pieces of technologies. Uh, we've started working on like a UI framework. You, there is also the design uh, the design team inside of Adobe is one of the best kept secret of the industry. There are these guys are awesome. Like they, 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 they think about like, okay, like the design in, in its pure, like more noble form, like how, what, what the users want really, what tools can we do? What rules can we invent for that interact, interaction for the experience for uh, the, the UI to be as efficient as future proof uh, as possible and as adapted to the user. So these guys, the, the, the team helps us tremendously when it comes to, Coming up with um, or improving our own designs and our own ideas of products, right? And then obviously there is this whole uh, the marketing side of things, and, and marketing is not only like communication; it's also um, like the thinking about like how to monetize, how what what kind of market do we want to go after? So back to our points before, which was like before we would go like um, by by ear, right? Uh, here we want to have a little bit more. Uh, foresight. And so, uh, we, we, we can use that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, at the same time, so it's a big corporation. So that means that it moves more slowly, obviously, but because we, we have this new division inside, inside of, inside of it. And we're, we're very much incubation zone, incubation zone. Uh, we, we're treating as, as such. And so we can, we can move faster. We you can still see we have our subsan3d.com uh, website it's still here. It helps us like, uh, communicate more, more directly. We have in house, we have, sales team and with user the bigger sales team so i'm giving you like a lot of information here but like the this is the idea of like uh, combining the power and the flexibility and, and try not to go too much on one direction right so it's mm-hmm. uh it, it's trying to to strike a balance here yeah yeah one of the i i'm a i'm a heavy user of the creative cloud and 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 when things like features in photoshop would show up in after effects like I've been using those tools long enough to still be amazed by that 
And as you describe, being able to take those technologies, is that something at the engineering level, as you develop features for your your product portfolio, do you have to think about making like like modular plugins that can then you can then yeah. offer across the company? And and how does that change the way you pr- develop the products? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we've identified a few core components that we need to need to share. Like, uh, uh, I can give you the example of a viewer, a three D viewer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, everybody <laughs> wants a three D viewer now, and so we're working on like uh, I mean, such. I mean, one that is uh, modular, uh, modular enough so that we can share it. Um, these, these are the kind of things like uh, exchange of data. What kind of data can we exchange? Like, uh, what, what kind of format that we, do we want to embrace? That kind of things. Like, uh, on the other side, like, uh, we're, we're, uh, we, we like very much what's called CC libraries. So having like, uh, in the future, in this, all the substance tools that really tools access to the libraries of assets that you've been working on, on the, all the other creative clouds, uh, tools really. And, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to just like load a, let's say a Photoshop brush or a, uh, illustrator, uh, design that you've been working on or something that you capture with Adobe Capture, like a, I don't know, a pattern and then apply it, uh, on Substance Painter or Dimension, uh, or Medium. And so, uh, that kind of things that, yeah, absolutely. They are, it's a, it's a big topic at Adobe right now, like to, to, to make things as modular as possible, as, uh, future proof as possible as well when it comes to, uh, um, devices, uh, graphics APIs, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of things. So, but it's, it's a lot of work, but yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot of that happening yeah. in the background. Well, that brings me to a question that I'm sure you've heard a million times and are tired of hearing, which is if all these tools are going to be mixed together and you want to be able to bounce back and forth, uh, one of the benefits of the creative cloud is that if someone buys Photoshop, they have Premiere and so it's easier for the product designers. So here's the question is, is Substance going to be part of Creative Cloud? And if so, when? So, yeah, we've heard that, that question like a lot of times. Yep. So the, the, the honest answer is we, uh, we don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sorry to say that because it's, it's, the, it's the truth. Like really what uh, is happening right now, and especially right now, right now everything is like uh, scrambled anyway. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, what's, what do we need to do? And um, how do we adapt? Uh, what, what changes can we make and how can we be more, efi- more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. We were all asking and all, all Adobe uh, asking the same, these, these questions. Um, the thing is the, uh, the plan is to make sure that we, we target the right people. So like being part of the, the creative cloud offering somewhere. Yes. Is it going to be, is it going to be with all apps? Mm-hmm. We don't know because there are questions about like, uh, what is, what should be in there? What, 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 what's the future of that anyway? And so we, we realize that the users are, are a very different steel, right? So we want to make sure, um, we understand what's necessary here. What, uh, what's, uh, um, how can we can target the, the, the users the, the best really? Uh, and what, what price makes sense. And so mm-hmm. we were very much in that process of like, uh, trying, trying out things and, and coming up with ideas. So really what, what I'm sure of is yes, at some point there will be a 3D offering mm-hmm. right there somewhere <laughs> will be included at no additional cost or completely by default. That I don't know, or partly or completely that I don't know really. Right. It's, uh, right. it's still uh, very much in there. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I th- think that is a, that is really useful information for people because um, it, it explains a lot. Like back in the creative suite days, there were different 
different versions of the suite. And it, 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 there's, yeah, there's, exactly. now, there's now so much in Creative Cloud that I could, I could see, certainly users are already complaining that, you know, I only use half this yeah. stuff, right? Um, I mean, I'm, I always like having something there to, to discover, but not everybody is, you know, uh, excited about that. And I could, so it sounds like it's not a question of will it or won't it. It's a question of how you're going to do it. Right. That's that's what yeah, I hear. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I have no, ex exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it just it just has to any the way we do it. Yeah. It just has to make sense for the users. Yeah. We just yeah. have to find a way that it makes the most sense, that is the most fair for the user, and, and that's a tough question. And so it takes us a long time to figure. Yeah. Out. Yeah. It's complicated, and and uh, and by the way, it's a shared view. The, the what what is useful for the user is a shared view at the, the top level. Like CEO level, chief product officer level, my boss, uh, Scott Belsky, like he's always asking, well, is it useful for the user first? If so, yes, do it. If not, don't do it. That's it. Period. That's, a, that's very simple. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. And then like the, of course, you have to, to deal with that, like, uh, uh, make sure that it will be interesting financially, obviously, but financial result, um, success is and should be a, a byproduct of like fitness to, uh, the user's needs, mm -hmm. right? And so this, this is, this is, this is the philosophy everybody's trying to, to push here and more and more. And, and I'm pretty sure you will be seeing more and more actually what, what, what's happening now. It's great. I, uh, I'm quite excited. As soon as we're done with that craziness that's happening right now, and uh, it's uh, only the fourth time I, I, I refer to it. So it might be <laughs> too much in my mind right now, but anyway, um, uh, I'm pretty sure that we will. Uh, it will be interesting to to, to see what uh, what the Adobe comes up with. In fact, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, let's talk about that. Uh, um, you know, I, I'm I'm doing the podcast from home now, and uh, so yeah. and my co-hosts are as well. And we we had to figure out a solution without breaking our publishing stride. And people, you know, it's changed every sing. It's changed the lives of everyone on the planet. Uh, COVID nineteen, and so um, with the way you've described your organization is like. Uh, being nimble and powered by sort of like random opportunities for innovation. How do you, how do you work when you have to be so separated? Um, uh, do you, did you have a lot of remote staff previously? Well, the, the, I can talk for myself. Like the, the toughest part for myself is like having kids at home. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're, uh, I can consider myself lucky because we don't have anything sick and not in the short, like a uh, very close family like in France as well. So it's okay. Like I cannot complain really, but the, the thing is that it's it's complicated to to have like, kids at home and like do the work and, uh, and do the homeschooling and not going crazy and not having like kids turning into uh, uh, junkies and, and screen junkies and and games. By the way, thank you guys for making <laughs> games that are so addictive. Anyway, so it's uh so that's the toughest part because like the reality is we used to we we have teams uh, all over the world already, so we're very much used to having like um, virtual meetings. Uh, everybody is seeing, uh, I mean, a lot of people are seeing actually an increase in productivity because there is no commute. Uh, there is less uh, physical um, uh, one-ones or um, interactions and like lost time somehow, even though these this times are, are super important as well. But um, like right now, for a limited amount of time, it actually can be pretty effective if everybody's in, on the same boat. Because if you have like, if suddenly you, you realize like, okay, I have people are working from home and some others like in meetings, actually it's at the disadvantage of people working from home because you, you cannot like have the same kind of interactions 
mm-hmm. in a meeting where people are sitting in the same room when you are on the screen somewhere, right? Uh, and because if you, if you start saying something, it, everybody stops talking, it has different dynamics. But if everybody is behind a screen, then it suddenly works differently and, and, and better. But yeah, as far as you can tell, so like a lot of uh, people, uh, are in need of social interaction. So that's, that's missing a lot and, um, driving a little, everybody a little bit crazy, really. But, uh, yeah, no, it's complicated. The, the, the good part of, uh, of it all, like for game developers, is the same thing. It's, it's, it's mostly virtual, like online, mm-hmm. like on the computer type of work. So really, if you know what you're supposed to be uh, doing for the next, like, sprint, two weeks, you can do it at home, right? So yeah, yeah, that that works to some degree. Yeah, as you said at the beginning, we have six months to a year plan. So if it doesn't like, if it doesn't stretch too much, we're good. After that, we can answer to anything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're we're good. We're in a good place. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think uh, those of us who are you know information workers um, who deal with computers. Yeah, um, I think we, you know, we're we're lucky in that that we can we're, yeah. we're we can we're more adaptable by nature, and we ha- we are we are lucky to be in a situation that that is itself much more adaptable. Um, I, I just find myself thinking um, how lucky I am, and 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 also not not knowing what other people are dealing with. Yeah, uh, absolutely, we're we're the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. And when you look, even the market knows it. Like when you look at Nasdaq, it's going pretty okay right mm-hmm. now. It's recovered already. And if you if you if you if you start to try to understand what what that means, it means that these the technology companies are that the companies like we know will survive in this in this thing, right? Yeah. Compared to an airline company or hotel brands, obviously it's it's going to be way trickier for for, for this. Uh, and I'm not even talking about the essential workers. Like, uh, it's, it's tough, right? Really. So for us, we're the lucky ones. We complain about like having kids at home and, 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 and having our, our back hurting and not yeah. seeing people, but we're not dying. We're not having, we haven't lost our jobs. So yeah, we should be, we should be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, every, every episode of our show and every conversation I have, we, we devote some time to this. So I appreciate, uh, <laughs> you guys doing great. that with me just now. Hey, do y'all like this podcast? Yes. Good. You sh- have you left a review? Uh, I mean, I think it's unethical it for tomorrow. us to leave a review, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, well, other people have left reviews. Here's one that I thought was neat. This is from the best Greg the Gamer. It says, chill. Um, and then it says, chill, period. And then, Paul. I, I don't know <laughs> what that means, but I appreciate that they think we're chill. I mean, do they? <laughs> <laughs> There's two chills, Mark. <laughs> well, you can leave reviews too. Um, and not just really helpful ones. You can leave cryptic ones like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, give us a puzzle to solve. <laughs> um, I, uh, reviews help the show get noticed. Yes. Um, especially five-star ones. Um, and we'll read your message on the show, just like we did here. Those three words. <laughs> yeah, the bar is very low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, thank, thank you very much for leaving us reviews. We yeah. really appreciate yeah. it. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you get your podcasts. And like Stephen said, it really does help. And I think that just like any kind of ask we make of the listener, uh, you know, you think, oh, sure, that sounds like a good thing for people to do. And then you don't do it. But be the person who does it for crying out loud. <laughs> right now. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Let's get back to uh, licenses, because there's one other question, which is the future of the perpetual license, the Steam version. You've certainly heard this. People are reflexively nervous 
that that may not be an option, yeah. especially for indie developers who, who are not on the creative cloud train. Is their future secure? Well, for as long as we can say yes, yes, because there is no plan right now, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea is like we've realized these are two different audiences. Uh, it's not like a, um, it's not a problem to, to keep that one on the side somewhere, uh, because like some people really prefer that, like I understand and we, we respect that. Um, so, so far, so good, right? So, I mean, if you, you, you would, would you have asked us that question like, uh, three years ago when we were still like, uh, completely independent? Uh, I would have told you exactly the same, like right. for foreseeable future. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't, we don't know what the future holds really. And the, I would say the same answer, same answer applies now. Um, of course, Adobe is mainly doing subscription, but not only there, mm-hmm. there's still doctor tool that you can find on like, uh, places that are, uh, um, that have a business model. Um, I mean, we don't want to be extreme, right? And, uh, so, so far, uh, yes. I mean, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And currently, yes, there is no plan right, to stopping that. Right, 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 right. So I don't know how much time <laughs> it will last. I, I don't know, but I don't like to talk about forever because we don't know really. And right, right. If you ask me, I'm, I'm, I'm a scientist myself. Like I won't tell something that is not true, right? So it's that forever does not exist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We don't know, but for yeah. now, for the foreseeable future, yes, yes. Right, right. That's, that's all we can say. And I know, I know, I understand, by the way. I understand how that makes people uh, um, nervous. Mm-hmm. Because you can understand foreseeable future as, oh, maybe one year, maybe six months, maybe two years, maybe three years, five years, ten years. Everybody has the same, uh, um, not the same, actually, a different like, view on that, what that means, really. And I understand that. And the problem is that we cannot give more than what we don't know ourselves right yeah so, yeah um so anyway well it's really it's truth right anyways yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i i mean i can i can hear it in your voice it's like you you don't want to disappoint people with the answer right but you'd also you don't want to lead yeah. them astray you want to give them as much honesty as you can and in context of the your previous answer about uh creative cloud like uh i i guess i understand better why you're not as um uh ready to promise anything because because there is still things being figured out. I mean, Adobe as a company yeah. could decide next year to sell everything perpetually. Who knows, right? I mean, you may know better than me. Exactly. But, <laughs> right. No, but, but exactly, exactly. I, I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. We we don't know really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think the point also it's that we've we've never known that. For we'll see people asking us, "What about in two years? What about in three years? Oh, will my sim license still be available to upgrade?" Uh, as Sebastian say, if you had, if you had asked us 10 years ago, uh, what would be the state of the license, uh, the year after, we would not be able to give you an answer either because, yeah. Yeah. because everything moves so fast and we can change our mind because of something happened or because we see an opportunity or because, uh, there's a new market coming up that, that anything can change what we say now. So that's why we want to, we don't want to commit because we don't want to tell you something that's not going to be true in the end. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And by the way, I remember what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say was, uh, we want to make sure though that the main offer that we're pushing, and I don't know, I don't know which one it will be. <laughs> that's the answer, but yeah. like the main answer we will be pushing most probably will be the subscription as is right now, mm-hmm. which by the way, we're seeing as the main one picked up by even the indie developers and indie users and enthusiasts on our side. Like we've been like seeing that growing super fast compared to the perpetual. Perpetual is like staying steady or mm-hmm. small. But anyway, the one that is picked 
uh, up by the users is a subscription already. Anyway, if it's if it's the one we want to push in the future, we want to make sure, and it's our responsibility to make sure that this offer is the best, right? And it, it's a win-win in the end. So that means that that can mean many things, but the subscription to me means every time you pay, you need to have more value for what you pay, mm-hmm. right? And so it comes with more content, more features, obviously, but more opportunities. Uh, I, I won't disclose too much about what, what I have in mind here, but <laughs> we want to make sure that when you subscribe to what we have to offer, you you get something out of it. And that makes sense. And it's a win-win. And I just <laughs> I wanted to do these cheesy t-shirts that win-win-wins. <laughs> That's uh, beautiful, right? Nice. Ron <laughs> and Sebastian was, was, was saying, when we introduced the, the subscription first, uh, a few years ago, um, we came out with the, we came up with the idea of, of having that, that rent to own model that was, mm-hmm. I don't think ever done in the software world before. Um, and the goal was to, the goal was to say, we want to make a subscription that, that's still fair. Um, and I think our goal for that new offer, the Adobe, uh, will be the same. We want that subscription to be fair and we don't want people to say, uh, the subscription I'm paying every month and I'm not getting worth my money. We want to make sure that not, that nobody can say this is too much for what I'm getting. So that's why again, it's taking time and we're, we're figuring out the best way to do that so that, um, people are happy with subscription, which, right. is, a, which is not an easy task. <laughs> Um, I mean, that, uh, sort of dovetails into the, the, you know, our main audience, which is indie developers. And it can be kind of difficult to look at, at a, at a product that has so much potential and such a relatively high learning curve and jump on board that train. So what do you do to get people who, uh, maybe are, you know, they, they work in Blender. They, they say, well, you know, I don't have a lot of time. So I'm going to go flat shaded, uh, art style and make that work. Uh, how do you convince those people that this tool is for them? Um, w- one thing I would say, uh, maybe I and then a little too to say, but w- one thing I would say is the um, uh, they see what other users have been producing with it, and so it's it's it sounds like uh, it sounds bad, but like it speaks for itself right now. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the, when we when we see what the users come up with, we're like, okay, that's awesome, and that's. Uh, Living proof of, okay, if you use it, you can achieve, achieve that level, right? If you, if you, if you start learning the tool, because there is a learning curve, if you start investigating in these tools, it's not at, it's not a lost cause because yeah, definitely you will be able to do what the other guys have been doing. And it's, 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 it's a proof of that. So the, that speaks better than anything, I would say. And then, then we have ways to, we, we, we try to always try to have like a fair pricing. Uh, a lot of uh, learning materials that comes um, with it. We, we, we visit a lot of uh, users. So for, for small developers, we try to be present on, uh, at trade shows. We try to do like live streams. We try to, to do as much as we can to get access to it as uh, easily as possible. Uh, lately, we've been resetting the start date for all, um, trials. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, uh, for, for all of our software so that everybody at home can try again. So, that helps. So we, we try, we try as much as we can, uh, to help with people at home or in smaller studios to, to start with something. And, uh, years ago, I'm not supposed to do that and say that again, but years ago, we used to say, well, pirate it first. If you, <laughs> if you, and then when you're happy with it, when you, when you, when you, when you have, when you're funded, when you're making money, then you go, you go with it. And that was actually the, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we, we try, we try to, 
to ease the to make the entry door as lower as low as possible, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yeah. that's fair, right? That's fair for and everyone. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think if when it comes to the learning curve, um, I would say if you use Blender, uh, you've done, you've done, you've. <laughs> You went through the, the most, the steepest, <laughs> the steepest learning curve in the business. So I think you should be fine with Substance Painter. Yeah. I mean, Substance Painter and Alchemist have really a, a pretty, um, pretty easy learning curve. If mm-hmm. you go f- uh, through on, Sub- on Substance Academy, you'll find uh, tutorials. And in a couple of days, you can be up to speed on, on how to use Substance Painter. Substance Designer is another, um, is yeah. another beast. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it has a very steep learning curve, um, it has to be seen more as an investment in the future, mm. just because that steep learning curve is going to take you a lot of work at first, uh, will pay off in the long run for sure. And that's why all right. the studios I've, I've picked up Substance Designer because even though it requires some, like a technical mind, it requires a lot of work at first, um, the payoff over multiple games, multiple projects is so huge that, um, it, it makes sense for them to, to, uh, to get into the tool. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, in the keynote that interests me, um, in, in this, uh, ca- this topic is, um, your plans with Adobe Capture. Um, and, Ooh. and you, you mentioned it a little bit, but as a way to, uh, to sort of get started. Um, how, how do you see that yeah. as, cause I, I could almost see that as someone who has learned the ropes and has a good workflow established. It would, might be hard for them to, to do it this other way. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and this goes to all the different constituencies you have. Like, do you find sometimes that um, the audience you serve in this way is uh, the things you do for them might actually pull away from the the needs of another audience that you have? I don't think so because when we tr- we try to, with all the different tools and services, we try to um, cater to a lot of people that have different. Um, technical level. Uh, but we try to always make sure that things are simple, but not simplistic. So mm. that and even if an app is, it makes something simple, like capture, capture materials very easily. Uh, Alchemist, uh, makes, you can like create materials in one click. Uh, it's not simplistic, which means that somebody who's, who knows the ropes and who has like no baby steps and designer can still use these tools and get good quality out of it and still good enough control out of it that it will not dismiss it as a newbie tool or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're trying to keep that approach in, in all the different tools so that, um, yes, some tools, definitely Alchemist captures for somebody who never created material in their life. It's super easy. They can get something great. But to somebody who uh, is a professional free artist, um, I'm sure we'll see when, when uh, capture comes out with that new uh, uh, material feature to create those uh, recall materials from, from a photo. I expect a lot of, of, Pro artists and even game studios, AAA game studios, using that feature because uh, again, the, it may be simple to use, but the results are not. Um, the quality is still is still good out of the gate. So having multiple ways in seems like uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, nothing but but positive in in your view. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, let me uh, one specific question about Blender. You guys don't have a Blender plugin, right? We do not. We do not. Yeah. It's Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's we we we'd love to we technically we have one right uh-huh. so we but we could not release it because um um because we're not sure we're not a hundred percent confident in um uh, it's a legal thing right it's it's uh we don't want to we don't want to breach of, of the um, 
the license terms. It's like an open source issue. Yeah, exactly. The okay. GPL, the GPL license. We, we want, we want to make sure we don't bridge anything in doing, in doing what we're doing. So we're, we're, we've been exploring in the past ways to make sure we were not like, uh, doing things the wrong way. Uh, and we're still exploring new ways. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, there is a bit of a fuzzy line here. And so we want to, we want to make sure we don't cross it. Okay. And okay. yeah. Uh, do you have any kind of, uh, so it's something that you're investigating at, at the very least. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We've been like doing, yeah, we've been doing so yeah. much work around that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, and uh, artists generally can, use, use Blender every day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We, we have hardcore Blender users internally and love it. And, and yeah, it's, it's a shame. We know, we know it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's one of these bad situations and, uh, the, we don't have any, good answers for right that's, right that's right. one yeah well it's the minefield of open source which you know that's can be worth yeah. it I, 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 worth the trouble sometimes so there's no no timeline with which to get people's hopes no. up yet no no, no timeline okay and yeah i mean it, as you're saying it's the blessing and a curve of the of the of the system here it's 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 a double sword it's great and and and, and complicated to be away at the same mm-hmm. time so, yeah uh well i've kept the both of you for a very long time um, before we, uh, sign off, is there anything that you want to tell audiences like ours that I didn't already get to? So I would, I would say just, um, especially for, for indie game, um, I think a lot of people at, in the substance team actually come from the indie scene and come from, from game developers. And so we're, we're aware of the, of the struggles and the, and the, um, and the different things happening to, to, um, to game devs and especially small, smaller ones. Um, and so we're, we're, we really, um, even though we're part of Adobe now, we're still very open and, and to discussion and to, um, everything like that. So if, if you go on our, I would encourage anybody who wants to build a game to go, um, on our uh, Discord server and on our Facebook channels and our forum, um, you'll always find a direct link to the staff. We always have people, uh, sometimes developers, sometimes tech artists. Uh, product manager, they're always kind of lurking on these different platforms and we're always happy to help because they're at, at, it's like the best thing in our, the best part of our job is to see what people make with the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's plenty of, of amazing indie games that are being built with substance and we're super proud of that. So, uh, we're always ready to help. Yeah. One thing I would, I would say would, uh, would be the, yes, the, the level of, uh, uh, passion in, in my team and the whole, the whole three division at, uh, at Ubi now between like the substance team, the dimension team, Mixamo, uh, and, and now medium, uh, that we acquired from, uh, Oculus. This is, this is a, a, a team of, of uh, like so passionate people. It's, it's, it's great. So yeah, we, we, we have that and it's, uh, it's bigger than ever actually and it's accelerating. So I'm, I'm excited in fact. And yeah, we can consider. Indie developers, especially, yes, absolutely. We love to, we love that that world. Really, <laughs> we love that. It's it's awesome. It's the the, the most fun. Is the it's where uh, it's 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 the salt of flight of uh, of flight, right? It's a. Uh, I love it. We love it, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. Great. Keep, keep doing awesome, and not too much, not too many, not too many games for kids, though. Please, don't <laughs> help me. <laughs> As a dad. Uh, well, again, thank you both for joining me um, and, and giving enough uh, so much of your thank time you and, and talking about uh, all the new stuff coming to the Substance Suite and, you know, uh, thoughts in the future and, you know, the uncertain, ever-changing, evolving plans that you yeah. have. It's great to hear about. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thanks very much for the invite. Thank you, Mark. Uh, hey, that's our show. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends, too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and also provides many, many pictures of cats. Uh, let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show, your nice hosts, our nice guests, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. I also I want to keep recording. I want to do a little funny thing where I ask you what you thought of the interview and for you to both slowly reveal that you haven't heard it yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.